What's up, Internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Unicorns podcast, a basketball fantasy podcast that focuses on Dynasty Leagues. Uh, I'm coming from Las Vegas yet again, uh, getting ready for another night of games and some basketball talk with Starks. Starks, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for the ball. Um, I'm here this evening in Ohio, checking out a couple of games here. Um, one of them on a Thursday night is Cleveland versus Detroit. Being an Ohio person, I'm not actually a, you know, a Cleveland fan, but I mean, I'm glad they finally brought one home when LeBron was there. Uh, so in saying all that, I'm ready to take people on for a ride, Kevin. Sounds good. Um, so just uh, breaking a few hours ago, uh, Woj reported that uh, Houston had made a pretty big offer to try to get Jimmy Butler. Um, so we... I wanted to kind of get your take on it. You know, it's interesting. It sounds like the the offer included four first round picks uh, in the next couple of years, um, and so that's that's a lot. Um, obviously, Butler is you know he's a top twenty player when he's healthy, um, and he's a guy that can make that can be that difference maker for the team. And you know, you consider Harden and CP Harden's in the middle of his prime. CP three's at the tail of his prime. Uh, you don't really have a, a huge window, so you kind of have to make a move. You know, they, they just missed out on it last year, which is tough. And, you know, they are lacking some defense with uh, Ariza being gone. And so, you know, I think the team seems to think that they, you know, this is their this is their window and they need to make that move. So they're really offering a lot. And, um, you know, I, it makes sense to me, but, but it is kind of a lot to, to process as far as how much they're actually giving up. Uh, just to make that run, and if it doesn't work out, they're going to be in a tough spot. But uh, I'll pass it to you, Starks. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take the ball. And just saying all that as well, that I am not uh, the biggest fan of that trade just because of, you know, that I already see it as a ride, you know. Um, <laughs> Houston's going to be taken for a ride. And the reason why I say that is just because, I mean, just like you said, the window of opportunity of closing in on a championship, I think that's just this year. It's hard for me to even see. They might be able to do it. If they can't do it this year, they might try it again next year. Jimmy Butler has already been carrying a bad name for himself for any team that he's been on. And I think you need to, you know, hide your your girlfriend in the NBA because, I mean, that's the rumor that's going out that he's (laughs) actually seeking for, you know, their girlfriends. But what one thing that actually sticks out to me as well is if he does go over there for four picks, I mean, I think. Minnesota is trying to hold on tight to their cards just because of Thibodeau. You know, if, if Thibodeau does this trade, then that puts him in a fix of pushing him out the door a lot quicker. He wants to try to get a superstar back in return, but, I mean, the likelihood of him doing that is going to be really tough. That's why I think this is uh, this is at a standstill at this moment. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be like this the whole night. I mean, they could still get the deal done before then, you know, as we're still podcasting here. But one thing that I look at in this trade is um, for Houston, what that does for them. A lot of different things can happen. You know, a lot of teams try to, you know, not mimic Golden State, but try to put superstars in, you know, in the same team to make it work. And it doesn't necessarily always work. You know, Golden State has has actually done it really well. Um, And and I know the situation this year uh, for uh, Houston to have, if they were to land Jimmy Butler, you know, you got Harden and Chris Paul. You know, you still ask yourselves, like, how can that work? And, I, you know, at first, I know one of the – a member of our Dynasty League had mentioned, you know, what if it was to happen about a few months ago? And I was like, ah, man, they, they wouldn't win a championship. But now that I think about it, there actually could be a chance. 
And the reason why is, you know, Jimmy Butler, I mean, he is a usage guy, but he doesn't necessarily need, you know, his, he doesn't have a really high usage rate. He can work around with the team. Um, he does demand, you know, ball presence there. But I'm sure, you know, Chris Paul is willing to see to him a little bit, as well as Harden. I'm sure he got his MVP. So now he's willing to, you know, work in a way to try to, you know, get a championship. He's been in the, you know, finals before. So I'm sure Harden will do anything that he, you know, he can to win a championship. As far as Melo, you know, he's going to be dropped a lot. You know, he's going to be dropped in the pecking order, per se. And, you know, I looked at a few things and, you know, his usage rate is, a, it's, it just keeps dipping each year. And, uh, you know, obviously he doesn't like to be coming from the bench, but, you know, at this time he's going to even probably lose more minutes. And, you know, who else that could affect um, at Houston is surprisingly Michael Carter Williams has a high usage rate of 23.7. For some reason, I don't know why that is, but I mean, he's coming off the bench. So I know they need a little bit more support than uh, Carmelo, you know, when Harden and Chris Paul is not always on the floor. So, you know, definitely a lot of that, um, ball responsibility as far as taking shot attempts and just uh, controlling the game. It's going to be something a little bit more prominent for uh, Jimmy Butler. And then obviously he not only does he score and, you know, he's uh, competitive out there and wants to win, you know, he, he's a defender too. So, you know, that's something Houston needs. They lost, you know, Trevor, Ariza, right. you know, and they lost uh, some, some more defensive uh, presence there. You know, they haven't been exactly the same team. Yeah, um, I agree. And saying that, go ahead. Yeah, and I, I guess to bring it back to, to Dynasty, you know, let me ask you this. So if that mm-hmm. trade were to happen um, and no other players of major significance change teams, how does that affect the Dynasty value of Jimmy Butler? And how does it affect the Dynasty value of Carl Anthony Towns, in your opinion? Okay, so Carl Anthony Towns is a great question. Ta- Carl Anthony Towns, a cat, his uh, his dynasty outlook would be a lot, a lot higher. Um, I I can consider him a top one two pick in a dynasty league uh, to have Jimmy Butler out of there. As far as you know, Jimmy Butler in a dynasty league, he has about a few years left. He's going to be thirty. I, he's twenty nine now. He's going to be thirty this year, I believe, in September. Um, he's got a few. He, he got a few uh, years left. So in saying that, he'll still be, uh, I would say for this year, he can still be a top uh, 15, 20 player this year, but he can, he'll start sliding down a little bit, especially being in Houston. Um, in a dynasty format, I kind of, instead of him being typically around that 15, 20 range, he might be about a 25-ish range for the next year or so. And, uh, you know, he's going to lose a little bit of more shots, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to drop down that much, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, that sounds about right to me. Uh, you know, I, we talked about Cat in the last podcast, and, it, you know, it looks like there's there's definitely something going on with him right now that's not like a, a physical issue. And mm-hmm. whether that's whatever the rumors are with Jimmy or just even just the, the chemistry with, with Jimmy on the team, something seems off. You know, he doesn't have – his confidence or he just looks like he's he's not the same player out there so I think if Jimmy is at the root of or at least a cause of some of the issues that he's dealing with right now and he were to to change teams that might help kind of open things up for him uh, mentally and uh, let him kind of become that main guy over there get rid of all the the demons and whatever he's he's dealing with currently so I think that would help in that sense too Right. And I'm going to steal the ball from you on that as well as that, you know, the main thing that I'm thinking about is that big rumor that is going on is him 
and uh, Jimmy Butler. You know, I I think Jimmy Butler was secretly trying to talk to his girl. So that, you know, that doesn't bode well. So that chemistry, you know, that goes a lot deeper than even in the root of basketball. So who knows, you know, and obviously Thibodeau is going to be more on Jimmy's side just because he's a Jimmy, he's a Jimmy Butler guy, you know, from Chicago. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'll pass the ball back to you. Okay. Um, so now why don't we move on to some news about injuries. We've had a few things happen um, recently. And, and, you know, it seems like there's there hasn't been a lot of season-ending injuries. You know, there's DeJounte Murray uh, in the preseason. Um, but a lot of stuff has either been, you know, for a couple of weeks or even just a few rest days are needed. Um, James Harden's one of those guys. It sounds like he's going to be out for two games. Um Stuff like that that um, just seems like that's been there's been a lot of that going on and I, I kind of posted that on Twitter and, and and got beat up for it a little bit saying that, that this is the same thing every year and uh, but it just seems uh-huh. like there's there's been a little bit more of these sort of either nagging injuries or guys just aren't in shape and need the rest or something's going on and then there are a couple of these um, you know at least multiple week injuries that have been happening in the, the first week that um, you know are interesting in the sense that it opens up some opportunities for other players and it's something to keep an eye on. Um, the first guy I wanted to mention to you um, is Bobby Portis. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds like he's going to be out for, for what, four to six weeks. Is that four to six? Um, you got it. Yeah. So he has a sprained MCL. Um, and so he's, you know, he's going to be out for, you know, handful of games here. Uh, how do you think that affects Chicago and uh, maybe players that you think might step up and, and have an increased role? Yeah, I mean, it definitely does affect um, Chicago in general just because he has a different presence on the floor that, you know, not many coaches mention uh, in the sense of that. But also, you know, who will have to step up? You know, I know uh, our, you know, actually your guy, uh, go ahead and mention his name. What's his name? That likes Zach Levine? Oh, uh, Brent Carlson. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's conducting <laughs> that that Zach Levine uh, hype train. Right. So that comp in that. Um, is I think he's going to, I mean, he's going to take more shots. Not, not only that, but I mean, that kind of feeds and distributes the ball to everybody else as well. Um, you know, you have also a campaign and um, I'm actually excited just to pick him up from the free agency. You know, he was supposed to be a good player um, campaign from, you know, uh, back in OKC, just been, you know, riddled with injuries and uh, he's had opportunities, you know, in Chicago, but, He's been damaged, you know, he's almost damaged goods, but I'm going to give him another shot. So real quick to all those that, you know, are in leagues and competitive leagues that are in deep leagues, you should go ahead and try to grab campaign wherever he's available. Yeah, if it's not too late. I feel like at this point he had a good first game and there's nobody else playing point guard. Uh, Like you mentioned, Zach Levine's going to have an increase in usage, but he's not really a distributor. He's not a guy that is going to rack up a lot of assists. So, um, you know, campaign – for better or worse, is going to be that guy that's going to be running the point. Um, right. And it, it, he's an interesting guy because he, there's been a lot of takes on him. You know, it, it's not sort of a consensus. You know, I, I, I know uh, our guy Josh Lloyd is, is actually kind of a big fan um, mm-hmm. and has been for a while. But, you know, I, I remember hearing reports last year where it was just like when he was in Chicago um, and stuff coming out saying that it looks like he doesn't even know how to play basketball. And it's just like, he's an interesting guy. So it's tough to see, tough to tell what is actually going to happen with him with this opportunity. But so far, first game looks good. He's going to have minutes. So if he's in a, if you're in a deeper league and he's available, you need to, to jump on him just in case. And, um, you know, even standard leagues, I think he has value right now. 
Absolutely. And, you know, on top of that, you know, another a player that stands out in mind that, you know, is going to have to, you know, take the responsibility in the bulk is, you know, I know a lot of people may have not mentioned, which is surprising. I'm sure I'm going to hear he eventually on this is uh, my write up on Wendell Carter Jr. You know, I know he's been kind of struggling, you know, well, it hasn't been kind. He's been struggling, but he's still been get, he's still been starting. And at the same time, you know, with Portis out, he plays, you know, the bigger part of the role in the cog of the, you know, the front. But I think he gives him more of an opportunity. He has to do something immediately now just because Lori Marketing is around the corner, you know, to come back in. So this is his opportunity once again. And uh, hopefully he takes it and runs with it and takes more shots, hopefully. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that's It'll be interesting to see uh, what he can do, um, you know, now that he's getting that opportunity. I saw that uh, Robin Lopez was a uh, – uh, he didn't get on the court. So, um, you know, yeah. it looks like they're really going to try to get, get uh, the younger guys some, some opportunity. So it should be interesting to watch. Um, yeah. The other guy I wanted to, to throw to you, Starks, is now that um, Gasol looks like he's hurt, I'm not sure how badly um, mm-hmm. or how long he's going to be out. It sounded like um, he's going to get checked out at least. Um, but with uh, Jermichael Green already injured, uh, you got Triple J, looking like he's going to get all the all the time and all the minutes and usage that he can handle. Uh, and with that, hopefully uh, quite a few stocks. So uh, what are your thoughts on on uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And I guess what you think he might be able to do with this opportunity um, moving forward? Well, yeah, uh, looking at this situation now, it only bodes well for him and his stock just because, you know, Memphis already looks like a, a terrible team and a, a washed up team just because they're a little bit older. And Gasol being out, you know, on uh, whatever he's injured from out there doesn't help uh, for J- Triple J. You got to just go ahead and let him come out. And, uh, you know, the last game, if you're able to check those stats, as I'm you know speaking about, him, I appreciate it. He has been doing really good you know I know last game he he actually finally came out of his shell and I think he might be even considered in the top 50 or 60 just right now and I'm just going off the guesses so I'm going to make sure I give you guys that accurate information here shortly but Triple J I really like the opportunity there he's in in Memphis and the players like him in general um, with teams that are not you know particularly good I mean Memphis still has an opportunity because it's still early in the season to be okay or they can still be decent, but right now I don't think um, that they're going to make it in the playoffs just because the West is so stacked and more teams that hasn't performed as well as is starting to rise. Um, did you was you able to pull some information? Yeah, on yeah. Him? I mean, so he's he's had a, a good role even from game one. Um, mm-hmm. He got twenty five minutes, and it's been kind of increasing up until the last game. He got thirty minutes. Um, okay, and yeah, he he's been putting up some 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 good stats. You know, he's. Uh, every game he's had at least a steal, um, okay. and he's only uh, hold on one second. He you were really close. He was actually ranked fifty third uh, right okay. now. Cool. And he's averaging fourteen point eight points, six and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, one and a half steals, one point three blocks. Uh, field goal percentage is a little weak. It's forty five point seven. So he's got to work on bringing that up. And he's only been hitting half a three. I know he's he's one of those unicorn guys that. Um, known to be uh, a good three-point shooter. So I think he he has some work to do on that end. Um, But the points and boards and and stocks are are, are really good. And the minutes are promising. The the fact that he was getting to start the season is is shows what Memphis sort of already thinks about him. And 
now with these injuries uh, popping up, it looks like, you know, he, the sky's the limit. And he's a guy that uh, I think I tweeted about it. You know, he could be a rookie of the year candidate now, or he, he oh, is yeah. a candidate. And he, he could be that dark horse guy that, that, that takes it away from uh, Aiton and, and Doncic, who are the, the two favorites oh, right yeah. now. Uh, if he has that clear cut role, and is putting up uh, big stats, um, you know, for the rest of the season. So something to keep an eye on. And if you have him in a dynasty league, he's just a guy that you can sit back and just really enjoy having on your team. Um, he's going to a fun guy to watch. And if you, you know, if if you have guys on your, if you're a win now guy, he he helps you. But if you're also a um, a uh, you know. A, a more of a process guy. He's going to be a fun guy to watch and grow. So he, he kind of is hitting on, on all, all those areas and, and is, a, is a great guy to own in dynasty. Right. Right. And it's just like what you were saying, you know, there is a lot of process guys out here and, and you know, I'm against typically the process, but I'll say this for the real process people, this is the guy that you need to have. If you're going to have a process, you got to do it right. You got to have him. Um, you know, me and Kevin had mentioned, that we kind of believed, well, we believed him to be second pick in a dynasty way before, you know, we started looking at Aiton. And, I mean, like I said, that can still that can still be the case. I mean, we're still believers of uh, Triple J. And I know uh, Dennis also ha- has been a, a big fan of Triple J. So I'm very excited to see what he brings to the table. You know, even this year, um, just like Kevin was saying, you know, just enjoy the ride. Um, you know, if you have him in the dynasty league, you're going to be excited and you can just kick your feet up and just enjoy what he brings. Or if you're someone like Starks and you, you have him on your roster, he's a guy that now you start to start opening discussions with those process guys who now see what triple J can do and are willing to give up guys that are, uh, you know, legitimate stars now to get that. Yep that future star. So something to keep an eye on and something to, to consider if you happen to have him on your team and you are, um, you know, again, hoping to, to win right now. So. Right. And that's funny. It's like, he kind of, you, you see how Kevin did that. He kind of tried to warn the people out there for me before I can do like a trade <laughs> like that. <laughs> he, he blocked me just now. So, I mean, that's a good example of what he brought, you know, that's something I typically do. You know, if I find a, a young player, a hot new commodity, I'm willing to sell them quick. And I'm willing to trade with with a, a proven star to, you know, do the best I can to win that year. Um, unless, you know, I think differently uh, in a way that I believe so highly that I'm not trading them. But, you know, typically that doesn't happen. I, I love proven players at a decent age. You know, that's that's where I stand with that. I agree. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about these guys with, with increased uh, roles uh, and a lot of injuries. And, you know, like I mentioned, it just seems like there's been – uh, you know, a lot of these sort of minor injuries, and, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, someone will go back and, and look at what happened in the last couple of years and, and prove me wrong. But it just, it just seems like there's a lot of guys that are resting already or having like very minor injuries that they're sitting out from. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very early in the season to be, to be dealing with that sort of fatigue already. Uh, and part of what my thinking was, it, it might be because of sort of the insane pace that um, these NBA games have been on. Uh, this season to start Um, and just something I looked up you know we were only a week and a half into the season and we've already had 30 34 times uh, there's been a team that scored over 120 points in a game so far so it's and you know you've been we've already seen 250 point um, scores uh, Blake and then now um, wait did stuff get 50 he got 51 right yeah yeah so stuff got 51 last night so you know the 
he only played three quarters, so that, <laughs> he really right. could have could have um, could have gone even higher. But so we're just seeing a ton of scoring, really fast pace, uh, and I'm wondering if maybe you know some of these guys aren't used to that, and uh, you know they're not in good enough shape. I don't know what what your thoughts are on, on that, and I guess maybe what you think about the the increased pace this season. Um, the increased pace can be, you know, mixed up in a, a lot of variety of different things. You know, one of the things is there's more three-pointers taken. You know, as far as big men, the big men, you know, certain big men are starting to turn into dinosaurs. You know, that's why they're kind of forcing – they would like Drummond and people like uh, him and even DeAndre Jordan. I don't even think he's trying. But they want those – they want players like, you know, the new unicorns that are coming out like Jared Allen, you know, Miles Turner. And then you got John Collins whenever he gets back from his injury. They want more players like that big man to shoot more threes. So that kind of opens up the pace to, to go a lot faster, whether, you know, they make them or not. But they're taking so many threes right now. That's probably why – no, I'm not going to – I'll leave Carmelo alone. <laughs> no, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. This is probably why Carmelo is just not as good. You know, he's so old school. I mean, he takes threes, but I'm just going to leave him alone because it's a waste of time on him. You know, I'll leave that for somebody else. But as far as three-pointers, you know, that takes an account. And then, you know, I just think a lot of players now are just being more athletic. And, you know, they're taking more shots. It's, it's weird. It's like you're getting a mix of athleticism on top of your, you're getting more NBA players that want to shoot. Typically, back in the day, it just used to be slow, in the paint, hold the ball, grind, and that's it. You know, that's my take on which. So what do you think and why the pace is? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think – Steph Curry and the the Warriors kind of just yeah. changed the way the NBA is played now. Um, it, it, we're throwing around that word pace, and I wanted to actually take a step back and just you know, people might assume that they know what pace is, or that, you know, and maybe rightly so. But I just want to for those that aren't you know, it's not clear. Um, basically, pace is it's a formula, and so um, it's for uh, an estimate of the number of possessions per forty eight minutes by a team. So. Um, you know, when you see that pace number, that means that that's on average the number of possessions they get every 48 minutes. So obviously the more possessions, you know, the more scoring or more, at least more scoring potential, there's going to be more shots getting taken. Um, and so higher stats across the board. Um, so what I think we also wanted to just touch on is that with that increased pace, you know, scoring is going to be higher. Um Stats are going to be higher. Rebounds are going to be higher. All these things, all these extra possessions lead to, um, you know, more stats. The The shot clock after you get an offensive rebound, instead of uh, reverting back to 24 seconds, now only takes you to 14. So you're going to have to put that ball back a lot quicker uh, than you used to. You're not, you can't really um, just drain the clock like, like some teams do. So it, it just all across the board leads to an increased number of opportunities for all kinds of stats. Um, and so with that, you have to kind of keep in mind that if you start seeing these higher stats, you, the bar might be changed a little bit. The, you know, it's the same way where if a guy used to make two three-pointers a game, that was maybe a big deal 10 years ago, but that's, that's nothing now. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a solid shooter. That's not like a, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. So uh, statistics and sort of how we perceive them might be changing before our eyes. So it's just something to consider and something to think about with an increased pace. If this keeps up, you know, a guy that scores 20 points a game may no longer be this huge, you know, 
uh, thing. It might be kind of, uh, you know, oh, he's a pretty good scorer. He scores 20 points. It's not really like a, an elite scorer type of guy. So uh, it's just something to think about um, moving forward with dynasties. When you start seeing some of these inflated numbers, um, they may not mean quite as much as they used to if the pace keeps up. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, just like what you said. And, and also, I'll give, you know, a quick reference. You know, I know this is a basketball podcast. Um, for those that are new to basketball but are so familiar with football, it's just like opportunity. It's like targets in football. You want to keep throwing to the receiver. You got all these targets to the receiver. That's what you want. You want that chance or opportunity for them to catch the ball, right, to get a reception. So coming back to basketball, you know, the pace. Just like Kevin was saying, the opportunity to open up shots that also creates the opportunity of more stats could be, you know, hustle stats as far as getting steals, assists, points, whatever it may be, blocks. So, you know, you got I'll just name you the top three teams. And, you know, you got to you got to take this in consideration to anybody that has players off these three teams and get excited for it or try to reach out for them. So Atlanta, you know, they're a bad team, but they're the fastest paced team. You know, their pace is 108. This year, so far, the Lakers are a real fast-paced team. You know, LeBron pushing that juice up along with Lonzo Ball at 107. And then you got the Pelicans, you know, the Brow, 106 pace. So when you have any type of players there, that's even including Alfred Payton, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, um, as well as, you know, uh, anybody else in Atlanta with Trey Young. You know what I'm saying? That opens up a lot of opportunities. Lakers, Josh Hart. So even the, the middle-tier players, or even the role players are going to get more opportunities there just because they push the ball so fast. And, you know, with that being said, I'll pass the ball there to Kevin. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, you mentioned the the Hawks. They, that's a, a young team and they're playing real fast and it, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch They you know, they're probably not going to win a lot of games, but uh, particularly Trey young is a guy that is doing some, some fun stuff on the court. So anytime you have a chance to catch one of their games, I would definitely uh, make sure to do that. So, with that, uh, we kind of wanted to get back to a little bit more fantasy-specific stuff. Um, and I know Starks just recently completed a trade. Whenever Starks is in a trade, um, there's always controversy surrounding it. Um, there's always some, some, uh, some upset people, a lot of jealousy happening, um, a lot of haters. You know, I guess it comes with the territory when when you're that type of, of, of GM in fantasy. But, you know, he uh, he always seems to pull off these interesting trades. So I think a segment we want to try to incorporate. So when when he does pull off a trade or whenever we we, we actually do any trades. Um, now, this one's not in a, in a dynasty league, but it still has some uh, some interesting takes on it. Uh, you know, maybe we can break it down in this podcast. So uh, I'll hand it over to Starks and let him kind of explain uh, what the trade was and what his reasoning was behind it and uh, why he, you know, he felt like it was going to benefit his team. Absolutely. So, you know, typically, come on, guys, it's it's not a ride. And like I said, well, it'll be a deeper discussion on what a ride is. But I got, you know, I did kind of tell you guys briefly what a ride is on trades. Um, so the trade that happened, it was actually in a redraft league. It was uh, um, I, I traded Elford Payton for uh, Markel Fultz. And to be honest, that shouldn't look bad as a ride. And I'll let Kevin give his thoughts here shortly on that. Um, the reason why, you know, I look at that trade and I think it was actually, I thought it was a decent trade. And I'll be honest, I, it was a trade I didn't really want to do because Elford Payton, he's looking pretty good. And, you know, we were just talking about fast pace um, offense, their top three. And, and then, you know, that's something to die for to get all those stats that he's been accumulating. doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to keep this pace up as far as stats. 
But, you know, I don't think uh, too many point guards other than Drew Holiday, which he's been struggling, which I think that will be in reverse. So my thought, my logic behind that is Drew Holiday has been struggling. So it's going to eventually flip where he's going to take more shots and be more efficient the way he should. And also, if if you are a Drew Holiday owner or not an owner, go buy him. Don't Or if you have him, don't sell him. You got to keep him. You got to hold on to him. He'll be well. He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So my thought process in that is Markel Fultz. I still think he is. And if you listen to the last podcast, I had Elford Payton as a pegged as like 100 to maybe 120 30-ish player this year. That's what I have him, his ADP. And I know in like right now, he could be a little bit better. It shows that he's a little bit better than that. But in my thought process, I don't believe he's going to be that consistent this whole year. Markel Fultz has been struggling. This is an opportunity to buy low. You know, we talk about buy low or sell high. This is one of those candidates I think you could buy low on. Now, it's hard to believe how bad, I wouldn't say hard to believe, but it's he's been showing Nothing really well on the court. He's looked very bad. The but I look at it like this: Elfer Payton was decent enough in a redraft league. I, I believe I have the skill enough to 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 find some someone on the waiver wire, especially in a redraft league. And even if it's just a streaming spot to just keep adding a player and dropping them just to fill that day, then I would have been willing to do that. Fultz has the opportunity to still somehow be a top seventy-five player in the league if he gets it turned on and switches it on. And that's what I looked for the upside. Now it's in a dynasty. I would still, if I was in a dynasty, I would look to do that, a similar trade like, like that, but it could be, he could turn into a pumpkin himself, but that's uh, an upside play that I would like to do. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I follow you for the, for the most part. I, you know, I agree. Fultz has been struggling. Um, trying to pull up uh, his game log, but, He's shown flashes, you know, he's shown um, he his shot. It's still not quite right, but it's definitely looking better than it was last year. Uh, you know, he had a game. He had um, he had six rebounds in a game. He had seven assists in another game. Um, he's getting some decent steals. Uh, you know, he's hasn't looked great, but that potential is there. There's a reason why he was the number one pick. Uh, and you, you know, you kind of still need to hold on to, to the idea that eventually talent will kind of win out. Um, and if he was that highly regarded, it, it wasn't by mistake. So, um, you know, uh, Peyton has been having a surprisingly good season, but um, I agree with Starks. You know, I'd rather have a guy on the potential uptick than a guy that I think is going to regress as the season goes on. Um, it's, it's tough to say because, you know, uh, Drew should improve. Um, and actually, I like Frank Jackson, too. I think he's a guy that could get some minutes as the season goes on. Um, I'm not sure if I would do the trade. It, it's kind of a – I go back and forth a little bit with it. Depends on how my team's structured. If I am feeling pretty good about my team for the most part, I would rather kind of take that home run swing and go with Fultz. If I'm, a, if I'm kind of more in the middle of the mix, um, I might stick with Peyton. Um and uh, kind of hope that, that I can ride out his value and, and, you know, get five, six assists and five or six boards um, to go along with, with um, his high field goal percentage. It, it just depends on sort of my standing in the league and how I'm feeling about the team, I think. Uh, but for the most part, um, yeah, I, it, that's kind of where I'm at with it. So, 
Right. And, and, you know, just saying that I, I, you know, I know what it's like to be on the other end and to try. And I mean, I was on the end just now. It's hard to sell players that are doing good. You know, just like I had mentioned a few episodes ago about Kemba Walker to sell high on him quickly um, just to try to get a top 10 player, because I, I believe you can accomplish it. I do believe he could be top 15, top 20 player, but I would still like to take the swing to the fences that, you know, um, someone like Greek Freak, for instance, you know, I don't I think I believe Kemba Walker's doing a little bit better than him as far as like, um, you know, uh, average draft position now and what he's doing. But, you know, the likelihood of that is, you know, a lot lower. So it's all about a numbers name game. And also um, just looking at, you know, the you know, the recent seasons, what they've done. So in saying that, you know, that's that's what I have my take on that. OK, well, um I think I just want to mention that, again, we are Fantasy Unicorns. Our website is fantasyunicorns.wordpress.com. Uh, we're posting stuff there all the time. Jesse's been coming back with the Daily Fantasy stuff, even though his work has been out of control. So appreciate that, Jesse. And, and uh, I think all the DFS crew out there really appreciates it as well. Um, again, I just put out an article uh, about deep league uh, targets. Uh, so guys that are in 16, 20, and 30 team leagues, uh, guys that you might want to monitor or pick up depending on, on the size of your league and, and how your team's looking. Um, and I know Starks is going to have some stuff coming out, and he'll mention. And uh, same thing with Dennis. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Kevin So. Uh, I've been definitely trying to get more active on there recently. So, you know, trying to post about basketball as much as I can. Uh, almost up to 300 followers. So uh, you guys can get me there at 298. So come on and get me, get me over 300. Um, and it's been, it's been a, it's been a huge increase, you know, just in the last month, month and a half, I started it at 60. So I appreciate all the follows. So um, definitely go out, read our stuff, interact with me on Twitter. Uh, I'm always checking my phone. So um, I'd love to do that. And uh, I'll pass it to Starks. Awesome. Yeah, uh, definitely give us a follow. You know, you can follow me on my Twitter handle as well at Starks underscore industry. Uh, the guy with the Iron Man avatar, you know, uh, you know, just keep asking us questions, you know, just like Kevin had said before, you know, if you guys have any ideas as far as like a podcast episode or what questions that you may have that we can, you know, include it and we'll definitely look into that. Um, you know, it's it's been it's been a good journey, but also um, in saying that there's been, you know, some rough patches, but a lot of good uphill battles with this. So, you know, I do have an article um, coming out here soon. Um, it's going to be on um, Terrain Prince. I think it's something important that, you know, you guys should read. Uh, definitely uh, look into the title is going to be The Prince of All Saints. So <laughs> you can check that here soon. And, um, you know. Uh, I do have a clutch shot to take and, you know, we're kind of, you know, doing this in the middle of games going on right now. And one of the things that I'm going to take a shot on is uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Oz because he's struggling. And, uh, you know, I still uh, the Oz believer. And I know one of the guys is going to, you know, say, I told you he sucks. I told you he sucks. But no, he doesn't, you know. <laughs> so in saying that, you know, Cleveland is down 66 to 80 to Detroit. And uh, Drummond, oh, man, he's got 20-20 vision. He's got 20 points and 20 rebounds right now as we're recording this podcast. So he might even mess around and get 30-30. Uh, do you have a clutch shot that you want to take there, Kev? Uh Yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, his teammate, Blake. Um, he's a guy that, that catches a lot of flack 
probably rightly so, but uh, you know, he's, he's still an exciting player. He had that 50 point game and same, they're beating up on Cleveland and he has uh, 19 points, eight rebounds um, and three, three pointers. So he's looking like a, a surprise this season. And, and I even been seeing a uh, dark horse MVP stuff tagged behind him. Ooh. So uh, something to keep an eye on. I mean, I, I have my doubts about whether or not he keeps it up and stays healthy and all that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna throw that to to Blake. Yeah, his knee's gonna explode. Yeah. So, all right. So we're gonna go ahead and close up shop here. I'm gonna go ahead and let Kevin take us home. All right. Well, again, we're at fantasyunicorns.wordpress.com. Check us out, and thanks again for listening. Talk to you later. All right. Take a ride.